0: You're watching the Picture This Photography Podcast where we cover all things photography and today we're talking about fair use laws. When are you stealing a photo or when does it count as your photo being stolen? We're going to go over a recent case where a photographer had his photo stolen but somehow a judge ruled it legal Uh, and some of these examples are infuriating. Some of them seem reasonable, but either way you should have a better idea of when you can use a photo publicly, when you cannot, and have to pay for it.
1: By the end of the video, people are going to be mad.
0: Or confused. Or suddenly have a moment of clarity.
1: Who makes this podcast possible, Chelsea?
0: This podcast is sponsored by Squarespace. Whether you need a domain website or online store, make your next move with Squarespace. They have beautiful award-winning designer templates, an all-in-one platform, and 24-7 customer support. If you can drag and drop, you can make a Squarespace website. It's just that easy. And you can start your free trial today at squarespace.com Tony and use the offer code PORTFOLIO to get 10% off your first purchase. Thank you, Squarespace.
1: Thanks, guys. First, let me say this is specifically referring to U.S. law. Other countries have similar structures, but none of them are quite the same. Uh, I also want to say that this is never black and white. We're uh, going to outline guidelines that define whether something is considered fair use, whether you can use a picture for free or not. Yeah. And ultimately, it's not never that black and white. It comes down to what a court or judge decides. It comes down to whether somebody sues you, because that's how the legal system works. I also want to say we're not lawyers. We've researched this. We have some experience, but yeah, if you're going to get involved in this, if you're going to try to use somebody's picture for free, consult somebody who's a professional.
0: Yeah, get a lawyer. Or don't. It's not my business. You
1: do whatever. First, I've been planning this video for some time, but then this case just came up, so I'm like, now we should jump on it.
0: Now's the time.
1: Russell Brammer took a long exposure of a specific neighborhood in Washington, D.C. And it's a tourist destination. It's someplace people would like to go. And a local music festival decided that they would put that picture on their website. And it's important that you know that they decided to put it on the things to do in the area page. Now, Russell discovered his picture was being used on the site. They had not purchased it. And he contacted them and said, "Head, hey, this picture is copyrighted. You should, you aren't allowed to use that picture." The website promptly took it down. Uh, Russell was not satisfied with this, so he lawyered up and he sued them. What makes this case interesting? This kind of thing happens every day, probably thousands of times. What makes this case interesting is that Russell lost the case because the website owners argued that they were using the photo in what's called fair use. So I thought, well, we should dig into what fair use actually is. So I'm going to go over what constitutes fair use, when people can use your pictures for free, and we're going to talk about, use that specific case as an example. First, fair use offers lots of exemptions, and I think a lot of these are going to make sense.
0: Yeah, we use some of these all the time. When we do our live show and we show people's pictures, but we have their permission, but when we do podcasts like these, and we sometimes talk about very famous pictures... We're using fair use laws to show you those pictures.
1: Yeah, uh, one of these is search engines. Like if you go to Google Images and you search for pictures of lions, it can show your picture, copyrighted picture of a lion. Um, Search engines have to index things and the Justice Department has just decided that this is okay. Criticism is also okay. You can make a movie review and include frames or bits of the movie. That makes sense, right? Uh, Parody is okay, SNL, our dog, I'm sorry, the scratching is coming from our dog, and people are always like, why are you holding your puppy in every video, and it's because it's a puppy and it's out of control. No, she only (laughs)
0: does this here, and it's because she knows we're trying to get perfect sound, and she resents that, right?
1: So Saturday Night Live does a lot of satire, they can use copyrighted and trademarked things because the legal system considers parody to be a a way, like, free speech. So therefore, that's an exception. News can often use copyrighted things if the the whatever is being talked about is, if the copyrighted work is what the news is about. Yeah. The news can't take your stock photo and use it in their banner. That's not okay. But if your stock photo was somehow newsworthy, they can talk about it. And then there are exemptions for educational stuff. If somebody is researching how to um, solve cure cancer and your photo. Uh, illustrate some particular thing, they can probably use it under fair use. But like I said, none of this is as black and white as it might seem. Everything here is gray. Fair use is defined by four separate factors. So let's go over that. The first one is whether the use of it is commercial, nonprofit, or educational. Uh, and that's not black and white either. Because, for example, our videos are uh, generally educational. But they could also be considered commercial because they're here on YouTube. We get some amount of advertising from ad revenue. We have a sponsor like Squarespace. Yeah. So things can be educational and commercial. And just because something is commercial doesn't mean fair use doesn't apply. Just because something is nonprofit or educational doesn't mean fair use does apply. It is just one of four factors that a judge could consider. Factor number two is the nature of the copyrighted work whether it is a creative piece of work that the uh, artist invented from scratch and made up, that's a stronger uh, case against fair use than if it is a very straightforward picture of the New York City skyline. You know, In the case of a picture of a New York City skyline, the photographer did not make the skyline. They did not invent the skyline. They simp- simply captured something that was there. So it would make it a little more difficult to argue uh, against somebody using your picture as fair use. So as we back up to the first factor, the picture of DC that we talked about being used on that website, uh, would you consider that to be commercial or non-commercial?
0: I would consider that commercial because they were using it to promote a festival, right? Do people have to pay to get into the festival? Yeah.
1: They made money on the festival, so at least that was their intention. People
0: are looking at these beautiful pictures of the area that the festival is in, and those are making them want to go to the festival.
1: Yeah, I totally agree, but that is not what the judge said. The judge argued that because that photo was used on a About This Area page, that that particular page was non-commercial.
0: So why not just take use any crappy picture of that street? Why choose the most aesthetically pleasing one if it doesn't matter, if it does not impact whether or not people buy your tickets?
1: This goes right into factor two, which is the nature of the copyrighted work. His picture was informational. It did show what that particular part of D.C. looked like. But at the same time, it was creative. It was a night photo with long exposures and brake lights.
0: The judge had no appreciation for the art of photography.
1: Yeah. Now... Most of the buildings and stuff, the photographer did not make those, but he did make creative choices about his composition, the slow shutter speed, and clearly put some extra energy into it. It was not he was not capturing somebody else's work entirely. He was contributing quite a bit of his own creativity. The judge had no appreciation for that. He said the guy's picture was just informational and he hadn't specifically injected his own creativity into it. Whoa. Both those cases I think are total BS. Both those arguments.
0: I don't even think he realized how rude he
1: was. Yeah, but this nature of the copyrighted work is an important factor. Uh, Factor number three amount of the work used. So So if
0: they had just cropped a small portion of the photo and used that, that would be different than using the entire photo.
1: That is what the judge deemed because they used like a almost a panoramic view. Like it was. They cropped it, yeah. They cropped the top and bottom. And so he said that they didn't use the entire work because they cropped it a little bit. If you crop somebody's watermark out, is this you not using the amount of the the full amount of the work?
0: Who is this judge?
1: The worst judge.
0: I wouldn't say the he's worst. the worst, but I think he's a little.
1: <laughs> You're right. I have not assessed all judges.
0: Uninformed.
1: <laughs> it's hyperbolic, but. Generally, this makes sense when you talk about fair use, because you want to be able to comment on a movie during the course of a movie review. However, if you did a movie review where you played the entire movie, and then afterwards you were like, I really like that movie, five stars, and you put that on YouTube, that wouldn't be fair use, right? Because you're using the entire work. Makes sense.
0: But what if I cropped out a little bit of the top and bottom of the movie?
1: It's not black and white, right? Yeah. It is amount of gray area. So the judge is just going to factor in the amount of the work used. Factor number four is the effect on the market for the work. So basically, does this use of the copyrighted image uh, prevent the photographer from making money in the future?
0: Did he have the photos for sale?
1: He, yes. He had previously sold the work. And after their use, he continued to sell it at least a couple more times. Okay. Um, But do you think that their use of that on the website impacted his ability to earn money from that picture? No. Yeah, This one I actually agree with. I don't think they cost him any money. Uh, But that alone wouldn't be enough for the judge to dismiss the case.
0: Well, but the thing is, if you have a photo like that, there's there are a limited amount of people that will want to buy it and they were one of his customers so they cost him money by not paying for something they should have paid for
1: you've done a lot of stock photography how much would a, it how much would a website expect to send spend if you were putting a stock photo on a page like that
0: um if he had it up for stock I mean he would have only made a few dollars but I don't understand why they just wouldn't want to be decent and be like, hey, sorry, we didn't know the rules. We'd like to pay you something for them.
1: Yeah, and unfortunately, I don't know the details of how that went down. Obviously, in hindsight, both the photographer and the website owners ended up spending a lot on legal fees because these cases almost never go to court. And there's another podcast you can listen to. Uh, If you look through our podcast, you'll see one where $60,000 for a stolen photo where we ended up suing somebody. And we, defending our own copyright, spent $20,000 on legal fees. And the other side probably spent at least as much. And we did not go to court. So $40,000 combined legal fees, probably. And it didn't get into court. So if you get into court, that goes up by several times. Court costs are huge. And so I cannot believe...
0: That they went to court. That they went to court... I wonder what their legal fees were.
1: ...over a picture in the middle of a page... On a website for a music fair (laughs) like this picture is worth a couple of dollars
0: so in our podcast we did kind of suggest that you not get lawyers involved for that reason but it happens
1: yeah so in this particular example it's hard to argue that the photographer suffered any damages but if you uh, published a movie then it and and somebody put the entire thing on YouTube and everybody watched it instead of renting it then it would be really easy to argue some amount of damages. Um, I just want to add as an addendum that I did a reverse image search on this photographer's photo, and I found it all over the place.
0: Everyone steals it? Maybe he just felt like the music festival had enough money to pay him or something?
1: Yeah, or the other websites, maybe he contacted them and they just didn't get back. Maybe they're hosted by some uh, owner out of the country, or maybe they actually legitimately purchase it. I'm not sure. How would you know? He should check it out. It's difficult, right? Because uh, I know when I do reverse image searches on our pictures, for many of our pictures, they will come up on thousands of websites. And we've sold stock, but I know we haven't sold that many copies. Yeah. But it's kind of impossible for me to determine who legitimate owners are and are not. And it definitely wouldn't be worth it for me to try to sue them or put my time into it. So I just feel like, okay,
0: you sold my picture.
1: Yeah, like that's not fair. that's the way life kind of is um look this comedy festival even used his picture and i don't know if it's
0: we laugh together and meanwhile he's like fuming
1: (laughs) maybe or maybe he actually sold it it's hard to say um but let's take a minute and talk a little bit about our sponsor squarespace
0: if you with like your own website where you can put up pictures and people will steal them, <laughs> you can get a Squarespace portfolio like Tony and I did. We both host our photos there. Yes, we have Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all of those places to put pictures that we like, but you know what? People never get to see our best work because it's always our most recent work. That is, unless they go to our portfolio. You can get your own portfolio for free today if you go to squarespace.com slash Tony. And if you like it, you can get 10% off of the coupon code PORTFOLIO. And you don't need a credit card or anything. It's not one of those things where they try to trick you into canceling. It's just free. 100% free. And when you don't use it anymore after the 14 days, it just goes away. It's fine.
1: Yeah, thank you, Squarespace. Yeah. So now let's take a look at some uh, criteria that you could use to ask yourself whether or not it's worth suing somebody for. And we'll look at some real examples of cases where people have taken somebody's photograph and uh, we'll find out whether or not they actually got money for it, whether it was fair use or not.
0: Yeah, so my question to um, the guy that got his picture taken would have been how much do you think you could have got for it? Because if it was like 200, 500, even 1,000 at that point going to court, completely not worth it. Getting a lawyer, probably not worth it. Uh, so that's something that you do have to assess.
1: Yeah, I think even if it were ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000, it would be like, oh, probably not worth it. But uh, it's probably only a couple of dollars. I just thought that was, I was like, it was blown away that he actually sued over that. And ask yourself, how much money have you lost? Yeah. If they've actually devalued your work in some way. And not, because people, a lot of people don't necessarily have a feel for how weird the legal system is. We have a feeling for justice We know if somebody steals something that's wrong. Stealing is bad. But, so we see somebody that stole our photo and we're like, this is wrong. They, They owe me, they owe me a lot. But you have to ask yourself, how much have you lost? What was taken out of your pocket? And almost always in these cases, the answer is zero. If somebody steals your photo and sticks it on a website, most common case, you actually haven't lost anything. You haven't made anything. Maybe you deserve something, but the amount you deserve is probably only a couple of dollars.
0: Yeah, that's why it's usually worth it to work it out with the person that took your photo. And I think a lot of people didn't realize when they watched our other podcast about us suing someone for stealing our photo, it's not like it was the first photo someone stole of ours. Our pictures get stolen all of the time. This particular photo was our book cover, and it was of my face, and it was on a photography product. So it was like a lot of other factors went into that. There actually were damages uh, it looked like we were endorsing something that we weren't. It was our book cover, so it was potentially causing brand confusion and things. So there's a lot more that went into that that I think a lot of people didn't realize.
1: Um, and if you're using somebody's photo, you should ask yourself, will you get sued? Because this oddly is probably the most important question. There are times when you might want to use a photo and you, you can say, oh, I'm confident that I will not get sued for this or you might be using a photo in fair use, you can be 100% sure it's fair use, but you're gonna get sued. Because whoever's photo using, they're litigious. Yeah. And if you are gonna get sued, then that is probably going to cost you tens of thousands of dollars, even if you're in the right, even if you win the case. So even if you are in fair use, you might often choose not to use that because you're afraid of getting sued because the legal system kind of sucks that way. It's not fair, <laughs> it's not fair. Yeah. Uh, And on the other side, like we just said, if you're the photographer and somebody's infringed on your copyright, you have to say, is it worth suing? Even if you have been done wrong, do you then want to bring lawyers in to do you more wrong (laughs) and cost you more money? I I think it
0: can be difficult if you're feeling emotional about it or if you have a strong sense of justice. Like I have a strong sense of justice and sometimes I'll take a hit even if I know I'm not going to come out financially ahead. I mean, that's what I felt about our case. I was like, oh, I'm probably not going to get anything out of this, but I'm not just going to let someone steal with no remorse. So I'm in. Yeah. And other people so, might feel that way too.
1: Exactly. Uh, so let's look at a couple of cases. This is Patrick Karu versus Richard <laughs> Prince. And <laughs> Patrick Karu, probably not nailing that pronunciation. I
0: really, I don't think so. <laughs> you want to take a
1: shot at us since you're laughing at me? <laughs> no,
0: I just like to hear you say it. So you just keep that up. I'm
1: here for the laughs. Uh, he took a pictures, took a series of photos of Rastafarians and published them in a book. Uh, and then Richard Prince, several years later, is an artist. And he took some of those photos and uh, transformed them. So yeah. a particular example we're looking at is a, a Rastafarian Yikes. standing in a field. And then in Richard Prince's transformative art, he stuck an electric guitar and some weird markings on the the. Rastafarian's face and Patrick sued Richard Prince um, for the use of his misuse of 30 pictures so right away Chelsea like what's your take on this is Richard Prince's using a photo for art covered under fair use
0: I think it's probably covered under fair use but that doesn't mean i necessarily think it's right and i'm thinking of that instagram picture case where the guy just took instagram pictures but then put it in the context of the actual instagram post put them in a gallery and then made a ton of money off of someone else's instagram post and it was totally fine it was covered under fair use even though that just seems wrong seems like a real jerk thing to do honestly
1: well like a lot of cases this was not clear cut in the first lawsuit, um, Patrick the photographer won, but then they appealed it, and Richard Prince got it overturned for 25 out of the 30 photos, meaning he the the court decided that on 25 of the 30 photos, pa, uh, Richard's art was transformative enough to constitute fair use. So he said out of 25 of those photos, it was okay that you use Patrick's photo because you did so many changes to it that now it became its own piece of work.
0: And Richard Prince made a lot of money off of these photos, am I right?
1: Yeah, I think they both managed to sell their works for some amount of money. So they already had some financial value. But on five of those 30 works, the judge decided that Richard Prince did not transform them enough to constitute fair use. And so that is just one of those cases where you're like, okay, okay. yes, no. even different judges couldn't necessarily agree on it. Um, they ended up settling out of course out of court for the remaining five photos. But in a way we can relate to this as a photographer because if you take a picture of a statue, which a lot of people do, um, are you infringing on the copyright of the statue owner? Because somebody some other artist already made something and now you're making a new piece of art. And generally, we think taking a picture of a statue is okay. Even if you later sell that picture, it's probably okay as long as it's transformative in some way. Same with the New York City skyline. I mean, architects uh, built the skyline, they built the bridges, they built all the things that made it beautiful. And as the photographer, you show up at the last minute and you take a picture, and then you kind of take credit for it. But really, you could, you only deserve a very small amount of the credit.
0: Well, I took a picture of uh, a sculpture in New London, Connecticut. It's this beautiful whale tail, mm-hmm. and it's a fountain. And the artist just contacted me and asked if he could use it on his website because he liked my photo. So I don't think
1: that's really nice. He he, he could have sued you. You know who's litigious about this? Is, I didn't.
0: I wasn't selling it.
1: That's part of it, right? It's it's non-commercial. Your use was non-commercial, and and the artist is. Is nice, you know. It's in a public pl- pe- place.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm not saying he could have sued you and won. I'm saying it could have sued you. So what? <laughs> which case everybody could would have can sue me for lost.
0: anything in this country.
1: This is very true. <laughs> uh, a good example of this is the Eiffel Tower. You can take a picture of the Eiffel Tower. You can sell it, no problem. If you take a picture of the Eiffel Tower at night while With the, the light, light show is
0: going, no, you're sued. Yeah, your artist has created sued. this.
1: They are very litigious. They will seek out photos and videos of this light show, and they will see you. Of course, it's in a different country, and like I said, this is U.S. law specifically. Chelsea, tell me about this transformative piece of artwork that you made. I'm looking at uh, an osprey who seems to have captured an orca, and the orca is also eating pizza.
0: Yes, this is a piece of artwork that I made, and I thought that it applied to... Your podcast today. And so, taking all of the information that we learned today, I thought maybe we could analyze my artwork and see if it's covered under fair use law.
1: I think a lot of people are chuckling over your use of the word artwork at this point. (laughs) But Uh, actually, looking at the last example that we looked at, um, maybe it's it's way better than the
0: guitar Rasta guy. Like, that artist didn't even try. (laughs) This is beautiful. Sorry, artist, but I win.
1: <laughs> First, I'll bring up that you made this picture as a parody of a photo that a wildlife photographer had captured where uh, I think an eagle was carrying a fox that was carrying a mouse. Yeah, and it,
0: like, it was amazing. And you're like, I can do this
1: too. So you it's started like, oh, from yeah? a place of satire. Sure. Which gives you some amount of protection. I
0: always start from a place of satire. <laughs>
1: Everything you do I is satirical. I wake up in the
0: morning and I start from a place of satire.
1: <laughs> uh, where did you source the three images from?
0: So the Osprey picture is a Northrop picture. We can't decide if it's mine or yours. <laughs>
1: yeah, but I'm not going to sue you, so. It's,
0: I'm not going to sue you, so I guess <laughs> I guess we're even on that one. Um, the Orca is actually two different Orca pictures, oh. and I, when I search for picture, I go into Google, and then there's this little advanced button, and you click it, and it's like... Um,
1: Labeled for commercial reuse?
0: Yeah, it's like, oh, for reuse or reuse with modification or something like that. So I always choose one of those. And that's two pictures merged together of a whale. Because I needed the mouth open. Ah. But I also needed water on the back. So the, these are the things that artists think about. <laughs> just to give you an inside look of the, the artist's mind.
1: Uh-huh. Um, and tell us about the pizza. The, the, the pizza white, white, picture is
0: stock photography, and I bought that picture of pizza. Because I really felt like, this person put time into getting this perfect picture of pizza, so I bought that. And then when you bring it all together, it tells a story that no individual picture told on its own. So I think that that's fair. I think it's covered under fair use.
1: Yeah, definitely, especially since the the orca pictures were already labeled.
0: Do you think the bird is big or the orca is small? (laughs)
1: I would really have to ask the artists their intentions, but I guess it is open to I don't explain my
0: work. I just I put it out there. Uh,
1: here's a recent example that I wanted to bring up, but Max Robinson was in the middle of some flooding. He put up a little video on his Twitter. Fox News reached out and said, hey, can we use that video? He said, no. F off. F off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is a... <laughs> Strong no.
0: That's a strong no. That's very clear.
1: I think he wasn't a fan of Fox News in particular. And then very shortly after, Fox News just played the video.
0: (laughs) Making him a fan for life.
1: So he was enraged. Uh, But I wanted to bring it up. This doesn't even fall under fair use because Fox News licensed the video from the Associated Press and Max had licensed the video to the Associated Press for distribution. So Max actually got paid for it. It was all done legally. But everybody jumped on this in the news and covered it as a violation of copyright, even though Fox News is like, no, no, there's a paper trail here, like we just bought it. I don't know why they didn't back down after Max why said Why didn't they just F buy off. it in
0: the first place if they didn't have to ask him? They just wanted it for free?
1: Uh, probably, yeah. They could have been wow. completely different producers within Fox who didn't talk to shady. each other. That is I mean, if you can get something for free, you'd probably rather get it for free, right?
0: Yeah, I'd rather get stuff for free, but I'm not a monster.
1: Have you ever seen a reaction video on YouTube? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you watch those all the time, right?
0: Not all the time, but (laughs) the Pewds, I've watched his.
1: Yeah. So a reaction video, a YouTuber will watch another YouTuber's video, and then they'll be like, oh my God, I can't believe they did that. And then they'll play some more of the video, and they'll be like, wow, that's crazy.
0: That sounds so easy. Why aren't we doing that?
1: I know, right? So... Ethan from H3H3 H3 Productions did a reaction video, uh, and the person who made the original video sued them and said, hey, this is copyright violation. You can't just put my video on your channel. He was particularly enraged because Ethan here got way more views than the original video did, which I can understand. That would be a little frustrating. Yeah,
0: it would be frustrating. More
1: people see your video from somebody else.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, and Ethan decided to, to fight it. And actually went
0: to court. He also goes to court. He's a man of many hats, you could say.
1: (laughs) And uh, it was a pretty landmark case because Ethan won. The judge determined that YouTube reaction, his YouTube reaction video specifically, was fair use. But when a judge makes a ruling like that, it in a large way becomes a precedent. And any case that follows that is similar, the lawyers and the judges will look for precedence, and you don't have to decide the exact same way. You can go against precedent, but there's a strong inclination to follow existing judges' precedents, and you kind of have to come up with some justification to go against precedent. When we started all this, we t- were talking about the case with the photo of DC, where the photographer lost it. And the biggest concern here is that the judge set some kind of precedent.
0: That's what I was thinking, too. Shouldn't people be mailing the judge and asking him to reconsider?
1: Oh, they are. There are a lot of lawyers that are very upset by this because of the possible precedent. Now, there's... tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of precedents before this where the photographer won. Yeah. (laughs) So it is just one of many different precedents. Uh, But in this case, you can play a reaction video. As long as it's not, you can't just copy somebody's video and put it up. Um, But you can react to it and cut it up and it can probably be okay. But again, it's not black and white. You can't just do the thing where you watch the whole video and then laugh and say it's okay. (laughs) If you devalue the work too much, um, we talked a lot about the case where the Australian company stole my face. our photo, your face, and it wouldn't be covered under U.S. fair use anyway because it's from out of the country. That's kind of a big deal. Like other people in other countries can use your photos or not use your photos, but fair use really isn't going to it.
0: It depends on the country. This was Australia, but if it had been China, I would have just been like, there goes my face.
1: Yeah, they're rather, rather difficult. Here's a case where somebody accused us of copyright violation. Oh, yeah. Um, A while back we did a video talking about, I think it was whether you should watermark your photos, and one of the topics I wanted to address was what happens if somebody steals your photo and then it goes viral. And news photographer Joel Goodman in the UK uh, took a photo that a lot of people will know if by the term accidental renaissance. Because this photo got shared like millions of times. And actually- It's great. It's a great photo. Um, it actually spawned the subreddit "Accidental Renaissance," where photos have sort of a renaissancey feeling, but it wasn't intended that way. And so we talked about it. Joel was very upset that his photo had been had gone viral and he hadn't gotten any credit or money for it. And so Joel found out that we had used his photo, and he actually reached out to us and seemed kind of like an irritated way because one more person using his photo. I can kind of get yeah, it. I get it.
0: That's frustrating.
1: And I came back to Joel and I explained to him that, hey, like my take on this is that it is fair use. We were making educational content. We weren't taking credit for his work. We were making a video about his photo. Yeah. While giving him full credit or anything. And he obviously didn't pursue it. Uh, like he didn't sue us about it. But in this case, I think we were using this in fair use. And I guess Joel must have thought that too because he didn't pursue we it legally. We can't speak
0: for Joel, but... yeah.
1: Anyway, he didn't go after it, and I feel like it was fair use. Just another example, we did a history of Ansel Adams, a podcast that you should go back and listen to because our old podcasts are great too. And we, of course, showed Ansel Adams' photos and talked about the different techniques. Now, if I were to make a calendar and put Ansel Adams' photos in there, that would not be fair use. But if I show Ansel Adams' photos and talk about his techniques in life and composition, that's pretty much educational. It is not really devaluing his work. Like, I don't think it would stop anybody from buying Ansel Adams' photos because I talked about it. So probably If
0: anything, it was a free plug for Ansel, and I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah,
1: shout out to Ansel. Don't
0: be mad. Don't be mad.
1: The last example, in that lawsuit case that we've been talking about, the podcast that we did, I used a single slide that was a, a still frame from the show Breaking Bad showing Saul Goodman's license plate, which says, Lawyer Up. Lawyer Up. Um, what do you think? Was A lot of people thought this was really ironic because this company in Australia stole her photo and then I stole this frame from Breaking Bad. What's wrong with me? Is this...
0: I think that you're going to jail <laughs> and you're a bad person. <laughs> so that's just one woman's opinion.
1: My take is that it was fair use. Uh, factor one, we were making an educational video. Again, that doesn't mean it's automatically fair use, but it is one of the factors to consider. I did not publish the entire uh, six seasons of Breaking Bad, or however many seasons there are. I published a single frame. Um didn't devalue the work. It was a small part of it. Uh, and I was using it specifically because I wanted to conjure images of the lawyer Saul Goodman, this character that I knew people would be familiar with. He's kind of sleazy, and I wanted them to feel like, oh, lawyers, right? So I don't that know was my that you're take.
0: helping your case.
1: <laughs> it, yeah, they probably wouldn't love that. But that is my take on why it would be fair use. Now, that doesn't automatically win me anything. And if uh, Vince Gilligan would decide to sue me, I would definitely be screwed, whether I was in the right or not, because I wouldn't be able to afford to fight him. But at the same time, Vince Gilligan isn't going to sue me didn't cost him anything.
0: Did you hear that Vince? <laughs> Sounds like a challenge to me. <laughs>
1: okay, that wraps it up. Thank you to our sponsor, Squarespace. If you want your own awesome Squarespace portfolio, go to squarespace.com slash Tony, get a 14 day free trial and then if you love it. Use the coupon code portfolio. Chelsea, what is the one thing that you want people to take away from this?
0: That you should understand when your photos can legally be used or when you can legally use another person's photo and to just be conscientious about it. If you'd like to learn about more photography things like this podcast, you can subscribe or you can subscribe to our photography podcast, Picture This. Thanks.
1: Thank you.